We'd like to positively impact the largest number of people we can in the most substantial way we can with regards to their quality of life. The low-level laser therapy actually does a better job of putting the fire out. Our users see major changes in their range of motion, functionality, and mobility. You can apply them to have a blocking effect on that pain signal coming through that nerve tissue. The pro-inflammatory cytokines drop by up to 80% within the first 15-30 minutes. You see big differences in systemic inflammation, but also in brain chemistry. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Okay, friends, this is the deepest dive I have ever taken, ever, of red light, near-infrared therapy, and especially red light lasers. And I actually changed my habits using Kineon after this episode. So before this, I was using Kineon on my knee where I had my knee pain, which I think I talk about in the episode, and I was seeing huge effects with that. But after listening, I am using these little devices everywhere, like everywhere. What I love is that they are so small, you can put them on any area of your body and you can take them with you. So yes, I now literally keep one of the Kineon laser units because there's three of them in the system. I keep it in my purse. True story. I keep it in my purse. I pull it out. I put it on areas where I have inflammation just when I'm like out and about or in the car and it is the best thing ever. And I've been having a lot of dental work because I've been perfecting my veneers. And historically, I would always get a lot of pain and swelling after my dental work. I would even have to cancel shows for it. This round, I put the Kineon unit over my gums after the dental work and I basically got no inflammation. It's crazy. I'm obsessed with these things. And now when I'm recording shows, I'll hold one, I'll put it on my head. They're literally just the best thing ever. And then like I said, we dive so, so deep into the science of it in this episode, I cannot recommend getting a Kineon enough. I'm so, so obsessed with this device. And you can get 10% off and free shipping with the code Melanie Avalon. For that, just go to Kineon.io, that's K-I-N-E-O-N.io, and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon. Cannot recommend this enough for yourself, for others. It is one of the best things ever. Some of the things we talk about in this episode... We talk about how inflammatory cytokines from areas in your body, like a knee injury, for example, can actually travel to your heart and affect cardiovascular health. It's crazy. We talk about the effects of pain relief with this red light, including an up to 80% drop in cytokines for pain relief, which is crazy. We talk about using red light for gut health, your brain, your sex organs. Yes, I know there are a lot of questions out there about using red light in the nether regions. So we talk about that. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think of today's episode. I'm just so excited about it. And Forrest is just so kind, so amazing. Again, I think we say this in this episode, but we actually recorded this once and lost all of it. And he came back and recorded again. He is so awesome. Definitely let me know what you guys think. The show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash Kineon. That's K-I-N-E-O-N. There will be two episode giveaways for this episode. One will be in my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life. Comment something you learned or something that resonated with you on the pinned post to enter to win something that I love. And then check out my Instagram, find the Friday announcement post. And again, comment there to enter to win something that I love. 
And also friends, the holidays are upon us. You do not want to miss my holiday gift guides. So get on my email list to make sure that you don't miss those. For that, go to melanieavalon.com slash email list. I have a very exciting announcement, friends. I have officially launched a TikTok channel. I've been on Instagram for a while, but it is time for TikTok. And with the channel, I'm going to be posting daily, very high quality, awesome biohacking content tips and tricks, things from my life. And I really want to bring the glam to biohacking because I feel like biohacking can be very male centric or focused on a certain type of person. And I just want to break that stereotype and bring all the sparkles. So please join me there. My handle is Melanie Avalon official. Please let me know what you'd like to see from me, what you think of the content. I do feel pretty shy about it. So please join me so that we can be friends and just go on the most epic biohacking adventure. Okay, friends, spirulina update. It is still coming. I know it's been taking a while. It's just because I want to make the most ideal spirulina tablets on the market, ones that are tested for purity and potency and to be free of all pesticides and just the highest quality. So we've got that spirulina source. It tastes awesome. The issue we're experiencing is that in order to make it into tablets, it requires another ingredient. If you are currently taking spirulina tablets and they say they are one ingredient, They are not one ingredient. There is something in there that is helping to keep that structure. So we're trying to figure out which route to go with this. It's really fun because I keep trying different samples. I think I know which one I like the most, but we'll see which one I end up picking. Either way, I really love the taste of our spirulina. It doesn't taste fishy or LGE, and I really experienced the benefits. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can get my other Avalon X supplements at avalonx.us. Friends, have you jumped on the serapeptase bandwagon yet? That's what I launched with, and to this day, it continues to be my most favorite supplement ever. It's a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm. When you take it in the fasted state, it actually breaks down non-living problematic proteins in your body, so it can help help address an array of issues. Like I said, it will clear your sinuses, calm inflammation. It may help reduce cholesterol. Studies have shown it can break down amyloid plaque. It can help alleviate pain and so much more. I take it daily. It is one of the most important supplements in my arsenal. This is the new year. Start it off right. Get some serapeptase. You can get 10% off with the coupon code MelanieAvalon, as well as a 20% off code when you text AvalonX to 877-861-8318. That's AvalonX to 877-861-8318. Those codes will also work with my fantastic partner, MDLogic Health. For that, go to MelanieAvalon.com slash MDLogic. And of course, all of my supplements I formulated to be the very best on the market. They're tested multiple times for heavy metals and mold. They're free of all common allergens as well as problematic fillers, which goes back to that whole spirulina formulation issue I was talking about. They come in glass bottles to help prevent leaching of plastics into ourselves and the environment. And we even use the minimal amount of stickiness required for the labels to help with our environmental impact. To get these fantastic products, go to avalonx.us and definitely get on my email list so that you don't miss the Spirulina launch special. For that, go to avalonx.us slash email list. Another resource for you guys If you struggle with food sensitivities like I do, you have got to get my app, Food Sense Guide. It's a comprehensive catalog of over 300 foods for 11 potentially problematic compounds. These include things you may be reacting to, like gluten, lectins, FODMAPs, histamine, oxalates, sulfites, thiols, whether or not something is a nightshade, and so much more. It even includes autoimmune paleo AIP status. 
You can learn about the compounds, create your own list to share and print, and finally take charge of your food sensitivities. It is a top Apple app, often in the top 10 for the Apple food and drinks charts. And friends, get it now because I'm going to be updating it to a subscription basis soon. So you definitely want to get grandfathered in for life at one super low price. With the subscriptions, by the way, I'm going to be implementing some pretty cool features. So I need to do subscriptions to help support that. So like I said, get it now before we change to subscriptions. You can get it at melanieavalon.com slash foodsenseguide. And one more thing before we jump in. Did you know there are over a thousand compounds found in conventional skincare and makeup in the U.S. that have been banned in Europe due to their toxicity? If you are using conventional skincare and makeup, you are directly putting into your bloodstream toxic compounds, including obesogens, which can literally cause your body to store and gain weight. So if your diet's not working, you might want to think about what's happening with your skincare and makeup, as well as carcinogens linked to cancer. I'm not making this up. And just endocrine disruptors in general, which mess with our hormones. Thankfully, there's an easy solution to this. There's a company called Beauty Counter, and they were founded on a mission to change this. Every single ingredient is extensively tested to be safe for your skin, so you can truly feel good about what you put on, and their products really work. I am obsessed with their overnight resurfacing peel, their vitamin C serum, they have shampoo and conditioner, skincare lines for every skin type, and incredible makeup. It's so amazing that Tina Fey actually wore all beauty counter makeup when she hosted the Golden Globes. So yes, it is high definition camera ready. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code cleanforall20 to get 20% off site-wide. You can get the latest updates from me, specials, sales, samples, and so much more on my email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash cleanbeauty. And you can join me in my Facebook group, Clean Beauty and Safe Skincare with Melanie Avalon. People share product reviews and their experiences, and I do a giveaway every single week in that group as well. And lastly, if you're thinking of making clean beauty and safe skincare a part of your future, like I have, I definitely recommend becoming a Band of Beauty member. It's sort of like the Amazon Prime for clean beauty. You get 10 percent back in product credit, free shipping on qualifying orders, and a welcome gift that is worth way more than the price of the year-long membership. It is totally completely worth it. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. An important announcement, friends. My EMF blocking products are coming. Make sure you don't miss the launch special. For that, get on my email list at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list. EMFs are actually classified by the IARC as a group 2B, possibly carcinogenic to humans. These are such a problem. We are exposed to them through our Wi-Fi, our cell phones, our AirPods, And they are linked to so many health issues, including anxiety, migraines, headaches, even fertility issues. This is such a problem. Thankfully, you can address your EMF exposure. I'm going to help with that with my Avalon X EMF blocking product line. So again, get on my email list at melanieavalon.com slash EMF email list to check that out. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this fabulous conversation with Forrest Smith. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am so incredibly excited about the conversation that I am about to have. It has been a long time coming. And also, friends, backstory on today's conversation, we actually recorded like half of this episode a few months ago now. My fault. I actually wasn't recording during it. So you know today's guest is so kind and accommodating when he was open to coming back 
and having the conversation again, but it's about something I am just so obsessed with. So you guys know I love the power of red light and near-infrared therapy. I've been talking about it for years and years. It's honestly probably one of the like one of the first quote biohacks that I started personally experimenting with and sharing with my my audience way back in the beginning and I've mostly been using modular panels so I was really intrigued when a company called Kineon reached out to me for their device, which, okay, wait, actually, Forrest, question for you, because I know it's called the Move Plus, but is the Plus silent kind of like NAD has a silent plus after it? No, no, you can say the Plus, We or at, at least we do, but I'm, I'm happy either way, as long as, as long as people get the benefits from it. I'm like looking at it written down. I was like, oh, it's kind of like NAD. I always not laugh, but the, for friends, NAD, the Plus is silent and I always think it's funny when people pronounce it, especially in like audiobooks and stuff. But in any case, back to this conversation. So they reached out to me about this device called the Move Plus, which was not a modular panel. It actually, it's super cool. I have it in front of me right here. It's three little small modular devices that go into a strap that you can actually put targeted onto you, like your knee, for example, which is really great because I would often, I actually personally have knee pain that started about a year ago from, it doesn't really matter. I think I actually got it from doing M-Sculpt, but that's another story. And so I had been holding red and near-infrared light devices just to my knee. And so when Kineon reached out about this device, I was like, oh, this is exciting. And not only is it the the LEDs, but the device actually integrates lasers into it. So A, the device is super awesome. I've loved using it and I've noticed a huge, huge benefit from using it. B, in the conversation that I had, I'm here with Forrest Smith, the founder and CEO. And in our conversation last time, friends, just get ready because this man knows everything about light and lasers and LEDs. And we had such a fascinating conversation. I'm so excited to have it again and go even further because there is so much to learn here and it's a lot of mind-blowing stuff. So Forrest, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to another great discussion with you. I, you, you ask really great and probing and, and interesting questions. And I, I can't wait to jump into it with you today. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I so enjoyed our conversations. I mean, you know your stuff. So for listeners, your own personal story, because you, well, I don't want to say it's unconventional, but would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your story and what led you to your interest in working with these lasers and red light therapy as devices? So kind of give a little bit of background on myself and, and my interest. I I lived in China for almost 20 years. I was building innovative supply chains and, and technology manufacturing businesses there. And one of the ones that I, I had a, a great time building with my partner and, and really enjoyed the process of was a LED lighting and controls business. And we built the factory in, in Hangzhou, China and ended up selling it to a, a multi-billion dollar lighting company in the US. But it, it was kind of my start of my journey around light. So solid state lighting emitters and, and our goal at the time, most of our companies that I've started have, have really kind of started with a, a goal to impact things systemically. And our goal at the time was to decrease the electrical load by phasing out 
older, less efficient lights. And also, if we could, to, to bring some level of health and wellness through the lights that we were able to, to bring to people. In digging into that from a technology standpoint, we spent, my partner and I at the time spent years from everything from the, the upstream fab side of the the LED production all the way down through the electronics and, and how you drive these to the, the production and, and shipping them. And I, I got a, a really good working understanding of lasers, LEDs, drivers, and, and how these things from a, a product standpoint come together. And, and we actually had our own manufacturing plant that we would assemble them with. And so that was kind of my background from a technical standpoint relative to solid state like lasers, laser diodes, and, and LEDs. I also had kind of a a more personal impact from a, an injury standpoint. And I, I think that's one of the things that really connected me well with my my co-founders is that all of us had injuries from having played sports our entire lives. And I tore my meniscus in my left knee when I was younger, when I was grappling. And it's it's one of these things where from an education standpoint, we don't really see most of the people that we, we talk to, most of our users on a daily basis, understand how impactful this traumatic tissue damage in your joints can be long-term as a generator of inflammation. And, you know, as a second piece to that, how negative that impact of inflammation can be. Because, you know, even if it's generated in your knee, it doesn't necessarily stay local. And we've measured really kind of negative impacts along local, regional, and systemic tissues. And we can dive into that a little bit later. Suffice to say, at the time, with my torn meniscus and reaching my mid-30s, I was starting to see the inflammation trigger some movement limitations and pain and inflammation that was sparking more frequently. I knew that, you know, right now this is something that, that I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. So let's let's try to steer into an approach that's going to be as proactive and empowering as possible. And I, I spend a lot of time in the medical literature, whether it's for training or diet or sleep or recovery. And in doing that and, and with my background in solid state lighting, came across photobiomodulation. And it's been really a a great place to spend tens of thousands of hours over the past 10 years. Both myself and our team have, have really kind of dug into the, the technical side of these things because it's it's a treatment modality that offers us the capability to reduce inflammation and pain in ourselves and in our users without pharmaceuticals. And you know the, the pharmaceuticals that are in this space have a huge kind of knock-on effect for, for other things downstream, negative impacts for your, your physiology, where the, the light therapy actually in replacing that can have positive impacts in, in downstream effects. So in a word, after, after an obsessive dive into the medical literature and the technology, we decided on, my partner and I decided on building our first product around neuromuscular pain and inflammation. And the reason for that is is essentially our mission. We've come together before we spent any time on the the product or the technology. What we came to was we wanted to define our company around the mission versus the commercial outcomes. And the the mission that we've come to, which holds us accountable for a couple of big metrics, is we'd like to Im- positively impact the largest number of people we can in the most substantial way we can with regards to their quality of life. I'm happy to uh, dive into that, but the, the key for that was that it really just held us accountable for how many people can we get this 
this type of technology to, who we can give an alternative to pharmaceuticals, and how can we measure the changes that it's making in their lives relative to what are currently still the gold standards, like the NSAIDs and the opiates that people use for pain. So that's a really long response. Thank you for bearing with me through it. But it's it's really important, I, I think, for us as a team that we address these core mission points versus just the the commercial aspect of the business. And, and that's really how we focus every decision we make from a strategic standpoint. Oh, I love it so much. Okay. So much to dive into. I have a really quick selfish question, not really related to the light stuff first, just because I'm really into product development and I'm working on a line right now. So you mentioned you owned the manufacturer plant. Like, so when you created Kineon, were you doing it out of your own plant? No, we, we owned the uh, LED lighting and controls business, but that was acquired by, at the time, Cooper Lighting, which has since been acquired by Eaton, and then Philips Business Signify has, has most re- recently acquired that. But that was our LED lighting and controls business for general lighting. And that was that was kind of my step into this technology. But we did own that manufacturing plant and since then have, have found manufacturing partners for our laser and LED therapy devices. Okay, gotcha. I'll stop myself from going on that tangent. I'm so fascinated by product development now. So, okay, picked up on that. Okay, back to the pain aspect of all of this. So I actually, when I had my my knee injury, which was, I did get scans to see if it was tearing my meniscus and it was not, but it was still super painful. And that was actually the first time. So this was before trying Kineon. It's funny because I'd been talking about the power of red light and near infrared for pain and inflammation for so long, but I actually hadn't been using it for that specifically because I didn't really have pain and inflammation, but I'd read the stories and I had listener testimonials, so I still could educate about it. And that was the first time that I had just searing pain in my knee. And I remember I held a device because I've worked with Juve historically for years and years. And I held their their device straight up to my knee. And I was shocked that the pain would literally go away like in that moment, which I found very shocking, even though I'd been talking about how it could do that for so long. But I was like, oh, wow, this like really does what they say. So my question there, because I was thinking about how you're talking about the effect on these inflammatory cytokines from the red light and the the near infrared and LEDs and we should sorry and lasers and we should probably step back and define that first but my quick question to start things off is when people experience this pain relief because presumably if if it's stopping pain in the moment it, it's not like it healed like literally healed it, it, it I'm guessing it just stops the inflammatory cytokines I, so my question is is it actually healing tissue? Is it just stopping the pain signaling? Like what's actually happening in the pain relief moment with the light? It's a great question. There's two mechanisms that we've seen in the literature that have caused this pain reduction. One is a higher power device than the one we use, which is a a pain blocking. And so what you would do with these is these are higher power lasers which don't really promote the the recovery and, and don't really treat the underlying issues with inflammation and, and kind of the tissue ish, the tissue damage and, and uh, recovery that we do with the lower power ones. But these would be something where you can apply them to upstream areas of the nerve tissue and, and they do have a blocking effect essentially on that, that pain signal coming through that nerve tissue. What we do with the lower level laser or the low level laser therapy or LLLT. And I, I know there's, <laughs> there are a lot of terms around this and we, we can dive into that a, a bit if you'd like to. But what we do with the, the low level laser therapy is we actually treat the inflammation. So typically if these 
issues and and particularly chronic inflammation. So just just to kind of draw a line between the acute, which in many cases, the acute inflammation is molecules coming to the area to, to bring about changes that need to happen to this tissue to be able to remodel and heal. Chronic inflammation is, you can kind of think of these as a, a spiral or a loop that's just out of control where your body continues to produce this inflammation and is trying to draw the correct healing factors to this tissue to be able to promote that regeneration and, and remodeling of the, the damaged tissue. But being stuck in that loop, it can it's not able to do that. So what we find, though, is that, that right now, many of the pain cycles that people are in with osteoarthritis, with old injuries, are driven by inflammation. And when they are driven by inflammation, uh, by being able to reduce that, that's the largest impactor for the the pain. And, and how we describe it is you're actually addressing the fire in your kitchen versus with either the higher power lasers or pharmaceuticals, what you're doing is really just removing the batteries from the fire alarm. So the fire is still going in your kitchen, but you're, you're really not addressing the fundamental issues of putting that fire out. What you're doing is saying this beeping is, is you know, this beeping, which is the pain is bothering me. I'm going to remove the batteries from the, the fire alarm. And the low level laser therapy actually does a better job of putting the fire out. And so that's what we see is our, our users really, particularly when they have chronic inflammation, see major changes in their range of motion, in their pain levels, measure, measured on the visual assessment score, and with their functionality and mobility in the, in the short term and ongoing in the, the, the following weeks and month scale timeframes. So mentioning that short term, how short term? Is it instantaneous or does it take a little bit? Within 15 minutes. So we, we would say that for our dosing, the ideal time frame for usage is, is 15 minutes. And you can see within that 15 minutes already the needle starting to move, particularly when you have those chronic inflammation markers in the area, which again, you, you mentioned the cytokines. It's, it's, a, it's one of the things that we've been measuring and, and able to provide objective science support for what we're doing from a uh, pain and inflammation measurement is, is a lot of these inflammatory cytokines the pro-inflammatory cytokines, particularly the chronic ones that you'll see with our users, drop by up to 80% within the first 15 to 30 minutes. And you know, the, the 30 minutes is more basically because we have to do blood draws to be able to go to go quantify this, but and those take slightly different time for, for each different patient. But yeah, with somewhere between 15 to 30 minutes, you see these massive drops in the chronic inflammation markers in the area. And we're actually, as an aside, also starting up a study uh, with a, a friendly brand of, of ours called Aerofit, who have been doing COVID studies. They, they do a, a device that increases resistance for your breathing to make your, your inspiratory and expiratory breathing and, and how much air you can hold in your lungs stronger over time. And we, so they, they treat on kind of a macro level some of the impacts of long COVID. We're actually starting a review with them, a study with them that we're, we're rolling out in the next two weeks using the Move Plus to be able to treat local tissue to be able to improve at a cellular level the, the cardiopulmonary delivery of oxygen. So it's nice to see you know, different people using different methods, but also because they're, they're macro and we're micro, we, we can kind of stack them and, and expect to see some really powerful results out of, the, uh, out of these studies. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th Annual Biohacking Conference. 
May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Would you put the device over people's lungs? That's right. So what we're doing right now is 15 minutes over the, the left lung while you're laying, laying down on your stomach and 15, 15 minutes over the right lung. And one other piece of this that's, I think, often overlooked with the laser therapy particularly is that there are studies, and, and we're seeing more of these now, showing what they call re- remote photobiomodulation. So treating tissue that is not the local tissue that you're trying to improve. And, and in most cases, the, the positive results for this remote photobiomodulation have been femurs, so the long bones in your legs, and your gut. And your gut is, you know, your gut microbiome and, and your gut health are just at, at the center of so many different signaling pathways in your body that by treating these, you you see big differences in systemic inflammation and in measurable systemic inflammation, but also in brain chemistry. And so this is two of the things that we're testing is one lung treatment and then two, this remote photobiomodulation for kind of reducing that ongoing cytokine and, and inflammation impact on the body, particularly with long COVID, which is, you know, just, just to kind of give a little bit more context for it. What we see with people with long COVID is the reduction in performance for how oxygen is delivered to their tissue. So you, you can measure what they call muscle oxygenation or SMO2 in, in your thigh muscles, as an example. And typically, if you're measuring this when, when someone's healthy, what you're able to correlate it to is their performance. So are they a, a top-tier athlete? Are they a cyclist? Are they a marathon runner? Then their, their efficiency in delivering oxygen to this tissue is going to be a lot more effective. And the way that we measure it is we, we cuff off that leg so that you occlude and, and don't allow blood and oxygen through to these muscles. And then you remove the, the cuff and you reperfuse the tissue. And we can measure the muscle oxygenation and how fast that it reoxygenates. And in top tier athletes, you see that reoxygenate and reperfuse very, very quickly. In 
people who are healthy but not top tier athletes, it's a little bit lower. And when people have long COVID, what we see is that their their cardiopulmonary delivery of oxygen and how fast they reperfuse this tissue is extremely impaired. And, and so one of the things that we've seen with our devices is that we can actually help them train their cardiopulmonary system to using photobiomodulation to to uptake this oxygen more effectively in the muscles and, and to get out of this impaired state. Wow. Okay. So to clarify in those experiments, that's putting it on the lungs and then it's affecting the oxygen to the tissues or, or was it the tissues? These are actually on the tissues. So uh, we're, we're starting the lungs as one test now, uh, and we're also continuing on the the testing with the tissue directly. And that's that was the kind of the femur. So we're, we're treating the femurs by way of the quads. And again, with that with that treatment, one of the things that we see is we we dump a lot of nitric oxide and nes, es, or, or s nitrosethyl, which is a kind of a flavor of nitric oxide, into that cardiovascular endothelial tissue, and it just helps it learn to dilate itself again so that, it, that the, the blood flow and the oxygen delivery is more effective than it is when it's impaired by the, that long COVID inflammation. Does that mean with like blood flow restriction training that people, like people who are more athletic actually get more benefits from blood flow restriction training? Yes and no. With the blood flow restriction training, actually anybody who's doing it is reducing the amount of uh, kind of you're, you're pushing your, your muscle into a, a more hypoxic state. And so whoever is doing that is going to get a good benefit out of it. But as, as an aside, it's a great question to ask. We, we're actually going to be partnering with a, a blood flow restriction company. As we've seen, one of the things that we, we interact with most effectively with our infrared lasers is hemoglobin. So when we interact with hemoglobin, we reduce the affinity of nitric oxide to the binding site, to a, to a heme binding site on hemoglobin. And that's one of the big drivers of the downstream signaling, both in the blood and, and kind of from a macro level, increasing, dilating the, the aperture of the of the blood vessels and delivering more blood and oxygen back to the tissue. But also just from a signaling downstream standpoint, this is this is something that's that's very healthy for this tissue. One thing that we've seen with this is when we do with our athletes, things like platelet-rich plasma or PRP treatments, you increase the amount of hemoglobin in the area. And by doing that, you increase the amount of tissue that our infrared lights can interact with. And so there's been a couple of great studies over the past couple of years showing that people who have been using PRP ineffectively for knee pain, as an example, for recovery modality for, for knee pain and inflammation, even when it's ineffective with the PRP by itself, when you stack the PRP with laser therapy, particularly with infrared laser therapy, the results are logarithmically, they're, they're synergistic, so you get much better results out of it, logarithmically better out of the laser plus PRP. But while that's great for our professional athletes that we work with in, in the NFL and NBA and, and CrossFit and, and Olympic lifting, et cetera, not everybody has a PRP resource that they can go to every day. So one thing that we've been experimenting with, with many of our users is using blood flow restriction cuffs to be able to aggregate hemoglobin and platelets at the point where we can interact with them more around these joint pain areas. And it's been very, it's, it's not as impactful as the PRP, but it's something that you don't have to go ahead and get injections for and that you can do at home on a daily basis. So it's, it's been a really great thing for us to be able to test that with blood flow restriction and, and the ability to kind of keep those molecules in the area, those, those hemoglobin and, and the platelets in the area so that we can interact with them more and provide better results. So in that study with a PRP, did they test PRP, PRP and laser and just laser alone? 
Yes, they did. That's right. Okay. And they found, that's interesting. So they found the PRP, it actually didn't always do anything unless it was with laser, in which case it did more than the laser alone. That's right. That's exactly right. And and the stack of those two was was really powerful. We we started actually with a an Atlanta-based athlete, Travis Mayer, who he was a an Olympian and then he's a a top-tier crossfitter. And these guys, he he's strong as a horse. I mean, he they he trains so hard all the time that one of the things that we see with these these top-tier athletes like this is repetitive injuries. So these repetitive stress injuries, it's hard for them to avoid because of the the level and amount of test of training that they're doing. And so he had patellar tendonitis and had tried PRP and we, we provided him the study and said, look, you know, you didn't get great results out of PRP, but what this indicates is that even when you're non-responsive for the PRP, if you, if you stack it with the lasers, that, that you, you can expect much better results. And over a three-week period with the PRP and laser treatment, he went from a 7 out of 10 in pain that he was just having to train through on a daily basis to a 0 out of 10. And so that really kind of let us know that we were onto something and, and kind of pushed us into this, this blood flow restriction cuffs plus laser as well as a, as a new kind of what we think, to think of as kind of a poor man's PRP plus laser. I doubt you've done testing on this because of the controversial aspect, but I did get stem cell injections in my knee. Is that anything that might be synergistic? Yes. So we, we actually, especially, so the, so two things with laser and, and stem cells, one, if you're treating your lung bones, your stem cells are generated in two places, adipose tissue and, and kind of the, the bone marrow of your lung bones in your legs. When you're treating the lung bones of your legs, the femurs, you can increase the rate of proliferation for mesenchymal stem cells. And on top of that, these stem cells can turn into anything, but the rate at which they turn into Osteoblasts and chondroblasts, which are, are kind of bone and uh, soft tissue, fast growth cells, is increased substantially with the laser therapy. And so what we see is with people with soft tissue remodeling, so if you have that pain in your knee that you'd like to kind of reduce the pain, reduce the inflammation, and, and perhaps regrow some of the cartilage there, this is a great way to do it. So stacking stem cells or PRP are, are both very effective in, in being able to provide uh, additional benefits synergistic with the laser therapy. Awesome. And then, so you touched on this a lot, but one of, from last time when we recorded, one of the most mind-blowing things you talked about was the study of athletes with ACL injuries and their cardiac health. Could you tell listeners a little bit about what happened with their their cardiac tissue after the injuries? Absolutely. And, and we've been actually digging a little bit more into some of the, the mechanisms on that. So I'll, I'll kind of enumerate that as well. One of the things that, that this was a large study done on, on NFL and ex-NFL players who'd had an ACL tear. And what, what we saw was those who had had the ACL tear had had that kind of traumatic tissue damage. And then the surgery to repair that in their unhealthy knee, in their injured knee, over the course of the study had a 50% increased chance of severe cardiovascular disease, which doesn't really seem, and this is, this is also, they, they washed out for an activity. That's right. So, so is this person still able to be active? And when you, when you take that out of the equation, this is still a 50% increase in, in, in the cardiovascular risk for severe disease. And what we've come back to with this, and, and not just us, this is obviously the, the researchers in the in the space who put together the study, and, and a number of different groups have started to dig back into what are the mechanisms for this. And one of the things that we've seen is that this inflammation doesn't stay local to that knee. And so there's there's kind of an interim step that we've we've had measured ourselves and, and a number of different groups have as well, which is 
okay, if this is happening where we've got traumatic tissue damage to the local joint tissue, what's happening in the regional tissue? So what's happening with the, the muscles and the, and the, uh, and the quad and, and your calves on either side of this, this tissue? And what we've seen, particularly with the ACL, but with knee injuries in general, is that when you have that traumatic tissue damage, the regional cardiovascular delivery of oxygen is impaired as well. And so how does that present? How do we how do we kind of measure that? If you put someone who's had this type of surgery, and this is even two to three to five years down the road, on a infrared camera where you can measure the temperature of their tissue, the injured quad or the quad above the injured knee is going to be one to two degrees colder than their healthy quad. And that doesn't seem like a, a huge amount to be off, but it's a massive amount relative to how much blood flow and how much oxygen is being delivered to that tissue. And so this is one of the things where it's triggered. Well, if, if we're looking the question, it's triggered the question of if we're looking at the local tissue and it's not limited there and we're looking at the regional tissue, is it limited there? And one of the most recent studies on this is that when you see these long-term trickles of inflammation, out of joints like the ACL injuries, what you're what you're seeing systemically is is just as bad as what you're seeing from a regional standpoint with blood delivery and oxygen delivery to the quads, which is you're reducing what they call the shear strength of the cardiovascular endothelial tissue, which is essentially as you pump blood through the pipes, which are your your blood vessels, that perpendicular motion of blood across the kind of surface of that pipe, if you can think of it uh, like a, a, the blood vessel as a pipe, is, is known as the shear, the shear load. The amount of shear load or the amount of pressure that these blood vessels can withstand is core or is key to your cardiovascular and cardiopulmonary health. And it's one of the things that allows you to have flexibility in, you know, if, if you're having, you know, if, you're, if your blood pressure is increasing or decreasing from training or, or from anything that's happening to you in your daily life, you, you'd like to, that tissue to be robust enough to be able to deal with those kind of increases and decreases in pressure. What we're finding is that inflammation trickling out of the knee is now spreading systemically and is negatively impacting the strength and the the robustness of these blood vessel pipes as it were and so they're, they're just much more fragile and more likely to to burst if we kind of keep the analogy of of the pipes kind of mo moving the water through your house being similar to the blood vessels moving the the blood through your body these pipes can burst much more easily and are, are weakened and stiffer because of the just that tissue in your knee putting out that that inflammation makes your whole body much more at risk would that mean that people who are more active and athletic because they because you're talking earlier about when there's the people who aren't as athletic that the like the blood flow and the oxygen doesn't really like get I'm I'm using super casual language but get in as far does that mean people who are more athletic when they have an injury that those cytokines actually can be more pervasive in their body you'll see interesting spreads of this in the literature and it's hard to say actually it hasn't been completely consistent as far as the severity relative to athletes but they they do have this kind of paradox the athlete's paradox of when you are delivering 
blood more effectively and oxygen more effectively through your tissue, you're, you're delivering everything that's in your blood more effectively. And so occasionally you do see these these spikes relative to the athletes showing worse outcomes than, than say, unhealthy unhealthy folks. But with that said, that's, that's well, I, I wouldn't say unhealthy. Relative to, athletes relative to healthy cohort is one thing. Athletes relative to, to people with metabolic disorder or prediabetes or diabetes, it's still the athletes are, are significantly more, significantly lower risk. And then going back to the hemoglobin, I know we talked about this last time, but does that have any indications for people with anemia? That's a great question. There have been a couple of studies with photobiomodulation and anemia, but I, I don't have them uh, in front of me now, and I, I'd have to go back and dig into those a bit. But it's a, it's a really good question, so I'm going to take a note to, to dive in on that one. I'm just personally super interested because I've struggled with that myself, so I find it Really, really interesting. Okay, one more, one more health-related question, and then maybe we can step back and actually talk about the different types of light going on here. But you mentioned the the brain chemistry piece in the study, and actually, it's really appropriate. So yesterday, I'm so excited about this. In Fox Health News, they posted an article about how to prevent brain aging and support cognition and mental health. And they actually heavily featured me, which is very exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I wish we had had this conversation. Oh, what's really crazy about it though, just side note, that was my, for some reason, I don't know why, but the Fox health editor has decided she really likes me. So she actually, I had three articles last week in Fox, which is crazy. Like in a week, it like blew my mind, no pun intended. And they were all about longevity and health. And it's really great because basically she comes to me and she's like, do you have tips for this issue? And then I like give a, give her like a list of tips and like put the studies and all the things. I wish we had had this conversation like three days ago because I could have included this into my answers. So what have you found with how it affects cognition and brain health? So there is, and this is a great question. I, I, I love it. Actually, it, it, I'm going to take one step back from that one and say, when we started our product development with our Move Plus neuromuscular pain and inflammation device, my preference was to really dive in on the brain. So transcranial photobiomodulation has been shown to be effective in treating chronic anxiety, major depressive disorder, bipolar, addiction, and a couple of different types of dementia. And we feel as a company that there's great opportunity in this because the dosing in this has not been optimized 100%. And the more we see it, the more we, we kind of recognize the idea that many of these neurological behavioral pathologies, like major depressive disorder, chronic anxiety, bipolar, et cetera, have a metabolic component. And so we are right now developing and, and working on a brain device to be able to not just treat these issues, but also measure the before and then immediate short-term and long-term impacts of the photobiomodulation on that metabolic health of the brain. And, and one of the things that we see with this, both from our own tests, but also from the, the medical literature, is that different pathologies, you know, whether it's, it's chronic anxiety or depression, have different footprints of impaired metabolic dynamics in your brain. And so our our assumption and our belief just from all of this testing that we're doing and, and from the medical literature is that as we start testing more and dialing in these signals and these footprints, for lack of a, a better term, in the brain for the, the metabolic disorder, that we are going to be able to dial in our transcranial therapies, but also that 
in doing so, we can also provide a feedback loop for people who, when they're doing the transcranial treatments, they can also change their diet, their sleep, their training. There's a number of different supplements out there that, that can really benefit this. So that the key from our perspective as a company is to really have the mirror, to hold up to your brain and say, what's happening here that, that we'd like to correct? And then when you have that mirror, you can change your behavior and how you're, how, what you're doing in front of the mirror to be able to, to change the performance and, and the metabolic footprint that you have in your brain. And, and you have a feedback loop for it. And so, again, that's, that's a huge commitment from us. It's a very complex technology we're working on for it called broadband near infrared spectroscopy, which essentially helps us build this footprint measuring device that we can, we can kind of show a 3D scale of your brain and, and then how metabolic dynamics and, and blood dynamics, hemodynamics are performing within these different regions of the brain. Okay. Now I'm modifying my statement. I wish we had talked like five days ago because one of the other articles was tips for depression. So, oh my goodness, that's crazy. So, well, it's interesting because, I mean, I guess this is a good segue into talking about the avenue of administrating this light, like panels versus the, the device against your skin and also the addition of lasers. But using the panels, for example, I've always... Set. So I talk, like I said, a lot about the benefits of red light and near infrared. And personally, the benefits I experience the most is the mood boosting effects. But that's more just like putting up my panel devices and using them. Well, I kind of run them all day, but, you know, in the morning and evening. So all that to say, going, going back to the brain, is it a direct effect on the cells in the brain? Is it reduced inflammation? Does it relate to circadian rhythm? Like, why do I get the mood boost, the seeming mood boosting effects when I just have ambient red light in my sphere? Ambient red light, actually. So one of the things that we, we talk about with the panels uh, particularly is that they, they don't penetrate as far in as the kind of lasers do. And, and it's harder to dose your internal tissue, but your largest organ on your body is your skin. And so when you're able to interact with your skin in this way and kind of the, the capillary level blood blood vessels, you know, the, you're, you have a lot of access to a lot of surface area. And so the, this is one of the things that you're seeing is, is you know, your, your surface area blood vessels will, be, will start to dump nitric oxide and and you'll start feeling again you, you will feel you know, wound healing collagen increases uh, wrinkles wrinkle reduction better skin tone there's a number of things that you see from the panels there are some of these that carry on to the brain and cross the blood brain barrier and I, I think those are a little bit less when you're when you're doing it from a skin level, but when you're doing it from the brain level, and actually treating targeting that that tissue inside the brain, the the impacts are meaningful and, and substantial. Talking about the crossing the blood brain barrier because that's so interesting. It would never occur to me that light would be something that would have to that would be possibly impenetrable to the blood brain barrier. Does all light cross the blood brain barrier, like all forms of wavelengths? So what we've seen is. The penetration is higher for infrared, and and this is one of the things that with our testing, we're, we're it's one of the reasons why we want this mirror, why we want why we want the uh, the broadband near infrared spectroscopy, which you can kind of think of as a, as an fMRI, is so that we can see what's being impacted internally. Red lights don't penetrate as much. The infrared does. And so our current tests are with five different flavors, if, if uh, for lack of a better term, of infrared. And modulating those to be able to penetrate through to the correct depth at the correct power levels, you know, we, we've, with our, our core technology and what we've spent a lot of our team's time on is tens of thousands of hours really into rebuilding our own proprietary 
dosing model for how many photons are we delivering to the photoacceptors at these different levels of tissue. And so the idea being that most of what we've seen from devices that are in the market are more kind of engineering specs of things like irradiance and power density, which is essentially how much light am I putting out of this device? How much light am I am I seeing at the skin level? What we're trying to do instead is, is work backwards from what is the most optimal amount of photons that we need to deliver to this type of photoacceptor at this depth of tissue. And then we build out larger light distribution models for how that light distributes through the tissue. And then we baseline those on existing metrics in, you know, whether it's serum nitric oxide or the changes in hemodynamics, which are are also measurable, or changes in things like cytochrome C oxidase, which is a an enzyme in your oxidative phosphorylation chain in your in your mitochondria these are different things that we can measure and so we have expectations about about each of those and and what what should change or the scale of change with your c relative to someone's physiology based on how many photons we're delivering to this to different depths of tissue and and what photoacceptor reservoirs exist at that depth of tissue so that's really kind of our core technology for our neuromuscular pain and inflammation devices, how are we delivering this and what's optimal to make people's outcome the best? And, and you know, that's, I, I think that's why we see more effective outcomes relative to other photobiomodulation and, and laser therapy devices in the market is because we, we really started from the outcome we wanted and worked backwards to how do we, how do we engineer the product to deliver that. The lasers, is it the same type of light? It's just a different intensity and in how it's focused? So the difference between lasers and LEDs from a, a light standpoint is essentially lasers are collimated light, which if you think of a column, it's just kind of a like a circular, although in the, the case of the lasers, it's actually elliptical. The lasers we use are a, a 10 degree by a 20 degree emission pattern, but they don't spread out. They just stay in that column as they go into the, the tissue. LEDs emit light. So LEDs are a dye-based technology, and these dye emit light in 306-degree pattern. When you, when we actually implement them into devices, or when anyone implements them in devices, they're packaged into what are called PLCC, or surface mount diode packages, which is essentially a cup that you can put on a PCB. That cup restrains that 360-degree emission pattern to 120 degrees. But as it's emitting, it continues to get broader and broader and broader versus with the laser, it's it's just that, that same column that's going in one direction and, and all of the light is, is kind of parallel to each other and are, are going in, in, from a penetration standpoint, the lasers are better because of that because they don't spread as much. And with LEDs also, lasers are a tighter bandwidth from a wavelength standpoint. So the colors are more selective. And uh, you know, we, we know from the literature from our own testing that certain wavelengths are better. So if, if as an example, 808 or 810 nanometer infrared is more effective, both from a penetration and and from a a dosing and and cellular interaction standpoint than, for example, 850 nanometer. And these are just things where we've we've kind of, you have to go into literature to dig into it, but that's, again, where where our team spends a lot of time and where our kind of core value proposition lives. You said the LED is more selective than the laser. The laser is more selective than the LED. So the LEDs are, are typically, say, 40 nanometer kind of spread. So if it's 850, then it would be, you know, 830 to 870, where with the lasers that we're using for the infrared, we're, we're an 8, 
808 nanometer wavelength of infrared. And that's that's plus or minus about five nanometers. Okay. Okay. Maybe I heard that wrong then. Okay. I may have said it backwards. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure because I was like, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure. Okay. That makes sense. Well, so the actual photoreceptors themselves, where are those? Are those in all of our cells and all of our bodies? Pretty much. One of the biggest ones is hemoglobin, and blood is pretty much everywhere in your body. You have to have oxygen delivery. And it also turns out there's there's a, a nitric oxide component to that system as well, that cardiopulmonary system. But there are other photoacceptors like cytochrome C oxidase, where you know, often when you hear descriptions of laser therapy or light therapy, you, you hear people talking about increasing ATP, which is essentially your body's energy currency, for, for lack of a better term. And you have in your body, a, a few different ways that you create ATP for your body to spend it on as, as energy on whatever you're doing at the time, whatever your cells need it for. And the major one is called oxidative phosphorylation, which is essentially a four-step process that's embedded in the, the walls of your, uh, the phospholipid bilayer of your mitochondria. And there's, there's a bottleneck in that process, which is around an enzyme called cytochrome C oxidase, which, similar to hemoglobin, is a, a heme core protein. And it's an enzyme that, that binds both oxygen and nitric oxide. And those heme cores are targets for us, for particularly for the infrared interactions that we have with them, for signaling. What, we, what we'd like to do is reduce the affinity of nitric oxide for these binding sites and allow oxygen to bind more effectively to them. But when you release that nitric oxide, there's also a number of things from a signaling standpoint that happen downstream. And so if you're looking at the hemoglobin, one thing happens, which is you know that, those, that nitric oxide will help the cardiovascular endothelial tissue dilate when it's inside the cell and, and it's not a, a uh, you know kind of in the the serum the blood serum there it's signaling between the mitochondria and the nucleus of the cell and what we've seen with that is a balance built around oxidative stress so so one of the big impacts and one of the reasons why we see so much of the downstream impact of light therapy be around reducing inflammation is oxidative stress in your cells is a, if you don't have enough, it needs to be a balance. If you don't have enough, then it's going to be one set of issues. And if you have too much, which is often what we're dealing with when we're, when we see our users and our patients is another set of issues. And that's, that's the inflammation side of things where it's kind of representative of that from a cellular level. So there are photoreceptors, photoreceptors at almost every level of tissue, but the, the main ones we're interacting with are in the blood and in the, the mitochondria. Which type acts on the cytochrome C oxidase? More of the near infrared, but, but both do. Uh, just the, the near infrared is a little bit more effective at it. Okay. So that's normally bound to oxygen and nitrous oxide, but when the near infrared acts on it, it releases the nitrous oxide, which then has a beneficial effect in the body. That's right. And, and so you can actually bind oxygen through there faster and you increase the rate of production for ATP, again, from an energy standpoint. But again, the, the one of the biggest things that I, I think it's missed on, on this a lot is that you also signal downstream through a number of more complex signaling pathways that, that help you balance your oxidative stress that, that you may have, whether it's from, you know, uh, metabolic disorder or from tissue damage, you, you start managing that oxidative stress more effectively. 
Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. And is there a chain reaction or is it local? So like if you're treating your knee, does it affect the cytochrome C oxidase right there? And then just that dumps the nitrous oxide and has the carry on effects from what it dumps? Or does it actually have effects throughout the rest of the body as well with, with the cytochrome C oxidase dumping the nitrous oxide and having these effects? 
both the primarily with the blood it will have kind of it will be carried more broadly for the body with the the local tissue the the mitochondria actually have a better impact so we we see both though and again where you have large tissue masses like your your upper legs around your, if you're treating your quads and your femurs you'll or, or if you're treating your gut they're they're large tissue masses there and so when you treat these we we tend to see and these are what what I mentioned earlier was called remote photobiomodulation you tend to see more systemic level impacts than you would if you're if you're treating your hands or or kind of smaller tissue areas. So super curious, you're talking about the effects on the mitochondria and energy production and ATP. So how does it affect potentially affect metabolism? And could you use this to spot treat like stubborn fat on your body? You can actually. People have have uh, done studies into white adipose tissue being browned by way of of using laser therapy on it. So, and also the other piece of that is that increasing stem cell production from adipose tissue has has also been studied. So there are benefits to treating white adipose tissue if you have deposits, kind of particularly around around the midsection. One other piece of this that that's very interesting, I think, in in kind of spot treating things is both with COVID, but also with a number of different kind of treatment modalities with treating organs. So whole organ treatment is a a new method that's really just started started up testing from a COVID and long COVID testing standpoint has shown some really good results. But you, you also, one of the most damaging types of fat that you can have is fat on your organs. There's been a couple of studies over the past five years showing a reduction in kind of the generation of and, and accumulation of organ fat if you're treating your organs with laser therapy. So interesting work going on in that space, and, and hopefully we'll see more of it you know, in the coming years, but it's, it's, it's very promising right now. Oh, wow. Have there been any studies on treating fatty liver? They're, they're starting in with that. One of the things that we're seeing right now is the, the test started with gut, the gut-brain axis. And, and what they found is that the gut is so in the middle of so many different processes with your body that they're now kind of modifying that to gut-brain and then plus additional organ. And so in this case, gut-brain-liver axis. And yes, and, and they are seeing benefits to, to kind of fatty liver disease as well. That's really fascinating. Would there be the potential, I just feel like this could sell really well commercially, like a like a uh, fat-burning waistband or something that people could wear? Like, do you think that, do you think that would actually work? I think it's it's hard. There have been studies on on mobilizing fat using using red light therapy or low level laser therapy or photobiomodulation to help mobilize fat. I, I, there have there were some positive outcomes with those, but I, I I don't think they were substantial. I think it was still kind of under the the uh, in kind of significant measurable changes. But I, I'd have to dig into it a little bit further because it's it's an interesting space. I, I think the main thing for it is that you know if, if you're accumulating whether or not you're losing that fat from your your uh, kind of waste and fat deposits there. If you're if you're losing it from your organs, the the health benefits for you are are even better long term. I feel like there needs to be a different term, like instead of fat burning, like fat unlocking, because not so much that it presumably burns the fat, but that it just makes it more accessible to the body. Yes, and this is one thing that we have seen good literature on is is when you're in metabolic disorder, it's di- it's more difficult to mobilize fat. And so using photobiomodulation to kind of get out of prediabetes slash metabolic disorder as part of a broader approach with 
with diet and a, a number of different therapy mod, uh, kind of intervention methods has been very successful. And so adding this on top of it does nothing but kind of moves the, the needle in the correct way. But yeah, fat mobilization, particularly when there's a, a restriction for it, like with, with pre-diabetic or, or diabetic people is definitely enhanced by using laser therapy. So actually using the device, what is the response curve of the effects in a single session? And like, is more better? What does that look like, like time-wise and the effects that people see? Our device, we, we've developed it to a 15-minute optimal window relative to kind of the dosing that we want to see from those photoacceptors. With that said, though, you can do that twice a day because a number of the different things that you're triggering, like the, the hemoglobin and, and the cytochrome C oxidase, for lack of a better term, they'll reset within 12 hours. So if you can do it in the morning and the evening, you're, you're going to see certainly see a much better benefit than, than you would for just doing it one time a day. So with the resetting, say you do it in the morning... And then you do it again like four hours later. Does that not have effect and also push back the reset window? If you did it four hours later, just do it at a, at a shorter time period. So say five minutes. The devices, so the modules that we make are, are can be changed from five, 10 or 15 minutes. And if you've done 15 minutes in the morning and, and you don't have the evening time to do it or, or you have a window opening up four or five hours later, just do it at a shorter amount of time because it's it's essentially... What you're trying to do is is trigger the ones that have reset, and there's a percentage of them. It's it's a statistical model of some percentage of them have have reset by that time, and some haven't. Okay, so just to double clarify, so when they're not yet reset, are they like listening at all? I'm just wondering. Yeah, so when they're not reset, what happens when you put light on them? They they won't be listening at all, and and but you know after you. So if you're if you're looking at essentially kind of a 12 to 14 hour reset, that doesn't happen at 12 or 14 hours. That happens as a percentage over that time. So some percentage of it will still be reasonable to interact with, you know, four or five hours later. You just won't need to dose it as as much because it won't be 100%. I didn't know you could change the time on it. Do you do that on the actual device? itself or that's right if you if you turn it on and then hold the uh, the button for two seconds then it will beep and it will move the the white indicator from five minutes to 10 minutes to 15 to five again oh i just learned something and for listeners it's such a cool device i, I can tell that you have a forte in product development it's really easy to use and you have these like three different units that just really easily clip clip into this strap that you can put around your knee and then they're really easy to take out and charge. And it's cool because you turn one on and it turns all of them on. It feels really magical. I remember the first time I turned it on, I was like, oh, it's like all connected now magically. As far as people using them, because like I said, it does come with this strap that's really great for putting around your knee and stuff. But we've been talking in this show about you know, treating all different areas. So if people are doing that, how should they do that? Should they use the strap at all? What would that look like? So we have people doing everything from, uh, you know, plantar fasciitis treatments, which has been great. We we uh, we treat plantar fasciitis on soft tissue issues. We treat very effectively, but for the plantar fasciitis, people will take it and put it inside of their socks because they feel it's it's more comfortable for them than the strap is. We also have an extender strap, and I, I need to get you one if you don't have one yet because it's been amazing. I I have. Uh, I'm a tall CrossFitter, which is to say deadlifts and Olympic lifts will trigger my back to my lower back to flare up once every two months, something like this. So I treat that tissue in my lower back daily now. And it's it's so much better. You know, when I when I started this, if I if I triggered my back with kind of box jumps or a deadlift or something like this, I would 
I'd be out for a month and a half, maybe six weeks, something like this. Right now, I'm out for three days, four days, and I'm, I'm back in just because the tissue is so much healthier there. But yeah, the, the extension strap, I, I put the, the three modules as close together as possible, and then put the extension strap around my waist, and then I do my, my lower back for 15 minutes, and then I do I just spin it around and do my, my gut for 15 minutes every day. And it's the, the results of this have been really awesome. And, and I, I probably should be treating my knee every day, but I, I have the same problem that everyone has, which is if it's not screaming at me, my, uh, my knee with a meniscus tear in it, then I, I kind of just let it go. And uh, so it'll, it'll flare up every now and then from again, box jumps or rope work or, or something like this, uh, heavy squats, and when it does, I, I treat it, you know, as long as it stays painful and inflamed, I treat it, which is, again, this is what we, what we like to tell our users is keep treating it after it stops being inflamed, keep treating it after it stops being in pain, because what we'd like to see is that, that fire in the kitchen completely put out versus leaving kind of smoldering embers in there with that, that kitchen on fire analogy. But I, I fall into the same trap that everyone does is there's only so many hours in the day. What I, I should do is the same thing that we've told everyone else, which is stack it with something that you pragmatically do every day. Yeah, habits. <laughs> yes, habit stacking is the way. <laughs> when I'm working on show preps and sitting, watching TV and typing on my computer, that's when I strap myself up. So, but I, even I like forget to, because yeah, because when it's like, when it's flaring, it's so easy because you're like, oh, I got to fix this. But when it's not, not so much. Okay, wait, how do you treat it? Where do you put it on your gut? I definitely want to start doing that. So I, I start probably two inches below my belly button and then uh, move it up about an inch and a half and then move it up about an inch and a half. And I treat each of those areas for about five minutes. One of the things, and, and we're bringing out a a gut-focused product that will dose this area even. Oh. Oh, yes. It's so exciting. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Okay. I, I am as well. I, I think that there's one thing that I've noticed from this one, even though it's not the, the completely optimal dose for the gut, we, we've got some different wavelengths that we're bringing in and, and kind of the balance of those and the testing has been so exciting. But even with just treating with this one, I just feel better. Your gut produces a lot of your dopamine. The impact, and this is actually an interesting thing where, where you see even the impact for people who have Parkinson's, where it's it's kind of, you have this piece of your brain called the substantia nigra that's a, a dopamine, dopamine producing area of your brain. And when it stops being able to produce that, when those cells have some kind of impairment, one of the ways that presents is with Parkinson's. And one of the things that we've seen with this remote photobiomodulation is because you can produce dopamine in your gut, the Parkinson's symptoms are offset by treating your gut with these with this light therapy but if you're just doing it from a daily basis and, and you don't have dementia for me i just feel better I, I feel i feel more stable and happier and, and just in a better mood kind of on a daily basis from the treatments i don't know if you can talk about it but like what will the design of that look like for the gut one we, we've got a new platform we've designed around. It's essentially small, roughly one to one and a half inch diameter modules that slip into a, a breathable waistband that you can put around your around your stomach. And you can take them out and put them into your charger and then uh, you know charge them up and put them back in. And the same kind of thing as the Move Plus, you press one, they all turn on, but they have five different wavelengths instead of two. And those five different wavelengths are weighted in their output relative to what's going to be healthiest for your gut. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about today. I, similar to you, it sounds like I, I'm a product person and I love product design. And I, I, this is really, really cool stuff that we're going to be able to, to get to people. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. I know with product design, it's timelines are not fun, but is, do you have a timeline on it? 
I want it now. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll, we'll actually we'll put you on the the beta testing programs. We have our our beta modules for this coming in by the end of the month, so we're putting in testing with those with a, a uh, select number of people in October, with the idea to launch an Indiegogo campaign to to kind of bring our community around it and, and get it out to the market in early 2024. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm so excited. And I'm excited because it never occurred to me to use this on my gut until now. So I'm going to start doing that, like the current version, the Move Plus. Have there been any studies on how it affects gut bacteria? There's, and I'll send you some through. If, if your listeners want to download them, there's there's amazing impacts on gut. So a couple of things that, that are impacted are the bacteria. And so you you see this. One of the problems with with gut though is, and it's been, it's going to be a little bit less direct a metric for us than the brain ones that we're developing as well, where we're, we're looking at, at being able to test the brain tissue for meta, metabolic dynamics and hemodynamics. With the gut, we only have a snapshot because essentially what we can do for these is blood and fecal draws. And so you, you have this kind of static picture. And it's one of the things that's making the gut ones a little bit harder to kind of quantify with the the outcomes. But what we do see is there's a there's something called the FB ratio, which is two different kind of classes of bacteria in your gut. And if you have them at the right ratio, then your gut operates more effectively. So the FB, FB ratio balance improves with laser therapy. You also see, and these are more expensive, so we've been limited to, to date on how many of these we can do, but metabolomics. So you can test the kind of waste materials of these different gut biome bacteria for, for what they eat and then what they turn out as their metabolites. You can you can do fecal tests for these. And so what we see is improvements in a few different chemicals, but I'll send you through the, the full papers. So if people want to read them, they're, they're there to read, but it's, it's just super exciting. And, and it's also just nice to see it on a daily basis where you can actually feel it. So I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, as you start kind of folding it in with your protocols, how you feel about it. And, and if you notice anything on a, on a daily basis from your kind of daily mood and, and kind of how you feel. Definitely will. I'm so, so excited about that. Okay, that made me think of some other questions. One, does it need to be direct on your skin? Does it go through clothes at all? Ideally, it's direct on your skin. That's what we've dosed the model, kind of, kind of built our, our dosing model around. That's It's essentially to be able to calculate how much is, is delivered through to those photoacceptors. But the other piece of it is also, and there's there's a couple of recent studies on this, when you compress it on your skin, it blanches the skin. And so it removes some of the kind of surface level absorption that you would have otherwise and, and helps you have better penetration for it. So definitely on the skin. So direct contact has that effect. That's right. And then, oh, this is just a, a product question about it. Is there a way to turn off the sound? Because sometimes I would hold it up to my head. The first time I did this, I was like laying in my sauna and I had it up to my head and I was like kind of napping at the same time and the beep went off and I like almost had a heart attack because <laughs> it was like, so is there any way to adjust the sound? We haven't yet, but that's a great note. I'm, I'm going to send our team a note about this. We are developing an app that will be released next year. And I, I think that would probably be something that comes in with the app where we could say, you know, turn on, turn off the, the sound. It does have a buzz as well. So I'm sure with the, the complement of the, the buzz plus the plus the, the beep, especially when it's on your head, yeah, that, that could definitely be a little bit off-putting. But I'll put in a note to talk with our team about that. One one other note, if you are treating your gut daily, 
try to treat the brain as well. And I'll send you through a diagram for where in the brain to, to treat because these are, are, are things that stack quite effectively. The, the gut and brain, that gut-brain axis is a really powerful one. So if you're treating both of them, then you get this kind of synergistic increase with the, the, uh, the impacts. Oh, I will definitely do that. And yeah, that would be amazing about the sound because when I'm doing it on my brain, I, I set an alarm on my phone to go off before it goes off because it scares me so bad. So otherwise I'm like anticipating the sound going off. It's not too loud if it's not right by your head, but when it's right by your head, it's a little bit loud. So, okay. Two other organ questions that made me think of, are there studies on the sex organs? Yes. And so not necessarily on the organs exactly, but on sexual health and sexual dysfunction, there's, there's been a, and I think this comes back to the nitric oxide that, sh- that you see, which is a, a good vasodilator. So for men's sexual health, there are uh, numerous studies kind of showing an impact on, on sexual health in general, and, and I believe on erectile dysfunction, although I'm going to take a note to, to send you a note about this, because I, I think it's, uh, I believe that they, they also tested this as well, but definitely for, for uh, general sexual health. On the female side, a couple of things that we've seen with this, and I, I think, and I'm really glad you asked the question, one of the things I didn't know, and I, I, I'm not sure why I would have, but uh, it's strange to me that I, I didn't, was that the, the tissue in your body that has the most inflammation and the most, you know, orders of magnitude more inflammation and more regularly than any other tissue in your body is the uterine lining. And so we interact with and, and manage inflammation very effectively. And so a couple of things that we've seen amazing results for, but hadn't really quantified those yet was monthly menstrual pains and discomfort, as well as endometriosis. And so we're, we're actually working on dialing in a, a separate product for how we can dose those most effectively because the results with, you know, the first time we tested this was we had a, a, a chief science officer whose wife was suffering from endometriosis and she would be down for a couple of days at a time and, and it's, there you know, pharmaceuticals don't help with it. It was just going to be a miserable couple of days. And so he said, look, this is something that, that you know, that should technically be impacted positively by our device. Why don't you try it out? And within 30 minutes, she was without pain and was was back to her normal life. And she'd like, the, you, you, it's hard to find people more excited than, than folks who get those kind of results. That's amazing. I do know, especially in the biohacking sphere, a lot of men will use it to treat themselves for, I think, for sperm production. Is I've also heard that maybe there could be a negative effect on sperm. Do you know if that's the case, if it's overdone? It, it definitely can be. One of the things that we've seen with, so I think both people treating testicles for sperm production, but also for, and also for testosterone production. Yeah, actually that's probably why. Yeah. But there are benefits to it, but the dosing model is very different from standard tissue and we haven't done, we haven't done that dosing model yet. And so what we've seen for it is that it should be a lot lower dose, but uh, we haven't, we haven't, yeah, we haven't dug into that literature and, and really provided that dosing yet. So I, I would say, you know, with with this, if you were going to do it, a we'd advise you to wait until we kind of do the math on on photoacceptors and and what's really going to move the needle from the correct dosing. So if you can wait, and we can get this math done and testing done, if you were going to do it directly, limit it to less than five minutes. This is certainly not going to be that fifteen minute dosing schedule that you'd see for soft tissue remodeling. And what about for women? Is there a potential? issue if they're putting it like on their like on their vulvas no 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 what we've seen from women is that the the dosing that we're working on in that space we have kind of a address a little bit more directly than we have kind of men's issues and men's tissue is that actually getting kind of treating uterine lining through 
through kind of the the uh, the pelvis area is the correct way to do it, and we're we're dialing that in, but we haven't seen this lower dose or or higher sensitivity to dosage that we have with the the testicles. My brain is just going crazy places now with product development. I'm like, what would a vibrator be like with red light therapy? <laughs> would that do some? Would that be beneficial? <laughs> oh my goodness! It's not a bad idea. That's really funny. Another question. Well, speaking to that point about overdoing it. So are there other concerns about overusing it anywhere? And that actually brings me, I said I had a question about another organ. So the eye, is this good for the eye? Does it damage the eye? What are the effects on the eye? Our maximum output per laser is five milliwatts, which means that we're under a threshold for eye damage. The FDA doesn't like us to tell people to stare at at lasers anyway, but there are there are devices out there that are cleared for things like macular degeneration that are higher powered than our devices and are, are per laser higher powered and that don't damage the tissue there. So again, the, the FDA with anything in the laser class doesn't like us to say, point this at your eyes, but from a, a scientific and, and safety standpoint, we, we really don't see any any reason not to. So there's, the, the risk doesn't exist aside from us with a regulatory standpoint, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Is your device a medical device? It is. It's an FDA cleared device. And we are, we actually, we're going to go for a class two. We, we get a lot of people kind of misunderstanding the the dosing out of these. And, and so the dosing that we have, so Dosing versus there's different safety classes for lasers, and I, I think our product we originally planned with without much uh, additional complexity to it to release as a class two device with slightly higher power lasers. We've we've actually tested those with the physiological responses, and instead of using one hundred and fifty watt laser using 10, 15 watt lasers as an example, that's not the exact dose we have, but kind of breaking the the power output into smaller, lower power lasers was actually much more effective from the physiological interactions and adaptations you're trying to trigger. We, We get a lot of questions from people like, hey, this is, you know, medical devices are class three, class four lasers, you know, what, you know, why don't you guys make the, the class three, class four? Well, it's because the, the dosing that comes out of those isn't as effective. There's, there's hot spotting. You have, there's a number of different things you have to deal with in these dosing models. So, you know, as an example, I, I mentioned hot spotting. If you put a class three, class four laser trying to penetrate through to a certain depth of tissue with photo acceptors at that type depth of tissue that you're trying to trigger, if you're pushing higher kind of higher density of power through the laser, which is which is why people would get the class three or class four, then you're also having a negative impact in the tissue between the deeper tissue and, and the laser. So anything that's between those two is, is having a negative impact for it, which is why we're seeing such good results for, I, I think we have three modules with 10 lasers on them each. Uh, it was an increased cost to us to do that, but we saw substantially better outcomes by again, breaking that down and distributing it more effectively. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright 
white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution and guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, It was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an near infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. And it just occurred to me how I can habit stack this while I'm recording because now I, I'm holding it and I'm and I'm like putting it on different areas. I can habit stack while recording. Just if you hear the really loud sound. I just got to turn the sound off. It's the only thing. And actually to that, because that's making me think, because right now I'm like holding it 
to my head. So going back to the use and the timelines and everything, like if I'm putting it on my head in different areas, is it basically just I would do like one session in one area or could it be like 10 minutes in one spot of my head and then 10 minutes on another spot of my head and then 10 minutes, like how does that work? You've touched on this a bit, but just to get super clarity on that. Sure. So I, I would love to send you a, a, a couple of different, There's there's been different things tested. What we found most effective is treating prefrontal cortex. And if you're treating prefrontal cortex, one of the things that you'll also see a benefit for is outside of treating just the brain, your brain has a, a self-cleaning system called the glymphatic system. And if you're treating your prefrontal cortex, for example, if you've, if you've been low on sleep the last couple of days, what you'll see is the glymphatic system will start backing up and you'll have waste in your brain that your brain would really prefer to have gotten rid of by way of you know more sleep. But you know if you're traveling or if you've got jet lag or something like this, treating the prefrontal cortex and then sinuses is an amazing way to, to help your glymphatic system clear out all of that waste that you've generated more of or that, and that you've stacked up more of by, by not giving your body enough time to process it from a sleep standpoint. That made me think of two more things. What about hair growth? Hair growth, it actually increases quite effectively, and, and it works synergistically with different hair chemicals. I'm struggling for the, the actual kind of commonly used one, but there, there are topically applied chemicals to be able to increase hair growth or to reduce kind of androgenic hair loss. And particularly the infrared works very well with those, so in conjunction and synergistically with these chemicals. I'm having flashbacks to my really early biohacking days. And I think the first thing I did when I found this whole world of red light and near infrared was I ordered diodes. I thought I was going to try to make a hair cap myself. I didn't. I, I actually just the other day found the all the stuff I ordered and I was like, oh, well, that that project never happened. But yeah, I'm, I was really interested in the potential for, for the hair and the thyroid. Can it treat the thyroid? Yes, I am so glad you brought that up because we've we've just been digging into this more recently. My partner Tom has Hashimoto's, has a has an impaired thyroid function because of this. And up until about two years ago, there were questions about whether laser therapy was going to damage your thyroid. And so it was a contraindication for us. And we would just say, Hey, don't point it at your thyroid because it might, you know, we we you know we've we've been advised by the medical literature that this is something that's gonna increase your increase risks for you. And what we found out in the last two years, and particularly this year, there's been some great studies, and I, I'm happy I got, I got a bunch of those things to send through to you. <laughs> what we found is that thyroid actually is not negatively impacted by this, and that our dosing for it is exactly in line with a couple of great studies where people were having impaired thyroid function, like a Hashimoto's, and were, you know, some, some subset of these people were given supplements, and some, some subset were given laser therapy and some sub subset were given the combination and the combination was the most effective way of increasing function and substantially more than either the laser or the the supplements just by themselves two questions was it supplements or was it thyroid medication this was supplements so this was people who had hashimoto's that were supplements interesting the second question so were there studies though showing damage i'm wondering what was happening like with the confusion originally? No, I, I think they just flagged this as more susceptible tissue. And because it's signaling tissue where, where you're, you know, you're having so much to do, hormones are such a, a, a powerful leverage factor for your body that this is this, if, if you are triggering substantial changes in, in your hormone profiles, then you, you could, you could have 
significant risk from that. And they just need to do the testing. And this is what's come out from it is they have now, which is is great because we're seeing, you know, really awesome things. And again, this is these are 2022, 2023 studies. And a couple of them were actually one of them was just from August. And so it's been yeah, it's awesome to see that and, and be able to talk to people who, again, my business partner, you know, one of the things that, that we've found is, is you know, we, we started this uh, around joint pain because we felt like we had all of us had joint pain. And, and this is something where it does impact your life and it can put you in a negative spiral. And it's really high, especially chronic joint pain is very highly correlated with depression. And so, you know, the, the idea is to empower people to get away from pharmaceuticals in a meaningful way and, and give them a solution that, again, is going to put out the fire in the kitchen versus just taking the batteries out of the uh, out of the fire extinguisher or out of the, the fire alarm. So it's great to see, you know, where we can apply this. You know, two things that we've seen actually very recently is one is my, my partner can use this for his Hashimoto thyroiditis, which is a, a kind of a thyroid specific autoimmune disorder. And so that's one where we can say, hey, let's let's apply it to this and, and get him healthier from this. But our, our other partner, Max, has irritable bowel syndrome and, and slash Crohn's disease. And our gut product is able to actually treat that and reduce the inflammation and give him a better quality of life. So, you know, it really kind of starts, uh, you know, a lot of this is just great to be able to see, you know, again, coming back to our mission, great to be able to see people's quality of life change from work that we've done. Wow. I love that. No, I'm just thinking now how I'm going to get this for my mom. She has a lot of a lot of joint pain. What I think it's great about it is I think she would actually, especially like thinking about how you can just, you know, hold this in all different areas and such, I think she would actually use it. It's hard for me to get her to actually use stuff, but awesome. A few other questions I thought of. This is like kind of out there, but does the light have any effect on third party things? So for example, if you were to shine it on your food, would it do anything to the food? Then when you ate the food, would be more anti-inflammatory? That's like way out there. That's like... And what, what you'll see though is they, they are doing blood irradiation studies with this right now. And those are those are inconclusive from what I've seen. They, they may have something new that I haven't seen. But those are inconclusive to date of people who are going through things like kidney transplants and they're having their their blood processed outside of their body. One of the things they've been testing is, oh, well, if your blood's outside of your body, can we can we treat that with this type of laser therapy? And then, you know, as it goes back into you, you get healthier. And so that's still, I think the jury's still out on that one, but I'll, I'll have to, I got I got yeah, you asked the best questions. I'm going to have to take some, take some, uh, some notes and, and send you the latest I can find on that. What about treating your pets? Yes, absolutely treat your pets. We many of our team are pet owners and you know our our pets are getting older. I've got an Australian shepherd who's I think 11 now and they have this these hip issues and she is like just bounding around like a puppy now. She she's uh, she was starting to kind of be slower getting up and down off of the beds and sofas and things like this, but we treat her I would say three or four times a week now with her hips and she's she's gotten kind of full range of motion back and is is 100% functional again. Now that I think about it, just because I've been talking about Reddit and near infrared for so long, I've had so many listeners send in pictures of their experiences with red light and near infrared. And I think the most common picture people send in is pictures of their pets with like the modular devices because the, the animals will just like flock to it. They'll like go and sit by them. So I think it's very telling that they intuitively know something's going on there. 
Yes, they, they, and she loves it now. We, we've got her to where, at first, you know, sometimes they, they can be a little bit like skittish about it, but after they, after they kind of do it the first time, we've, you know, all of our dogs from our company, like who, who have, uh, you know, our, our internal folks who have dogs, they just get into it. They, they really love it. So I grow cucumbers in my apartment. Should I shine light on them? You can. There's different types of light profiles for them where it's, I think it's red and blue. So interestingly enough, and it's, it's uh, the chlorophyll that interacts with the light kind of like it normally would with in nature. But one thing I didn't know until I kind of looked into the biochemical structures or the chemical structures of these molecules was chlorophyll is not that different from hemoglobin. It's, it's actually a lot closer than you'd think. Mm-hmm. It's like magnesium is the difference, I think. Yes, which is wild because you think about like, you know, hemoglobin being kind of the, the fount of life and delivering oxygen for us. And then plants are, are really not that far off from this. Yeah, no, that, that's really, really crazy. I don't know if you know anything about this, but have you read? I know there are studies on this, though, about how it affects deuterium levels. I have not read that. Deuterium levels? It's funny because I've done quite a few episodes on deuterium depletion. Are you familiar with that whole world? No, I'm not. Okay, so so basically it's a version of hydrogen, and long story short, there's basically like protium, which is what we think of when we think of hydrogen, then there's deuterium, which is a heavy isotope of hydrogen, and then there's hydrogen, like hydrogen bomb stuff. But in any case, a lot of people who study deuterium believe that it's a primary cause in a lot of our diseases today, because it basically doesn't, to use very casual terminology, fit properly in the mitochondria. So it kind of affects how everything functions. And so there's been some, you can do deuterium depletion protocols where you drink deuterium depleted water. That's what I'm drinking right now, actually. The majority of the studies are on chemotherapy and cancer and it improving, like cancer patients on deuterium depletion protocols, increasing chemotherapy outcomes. But it's interesting because the first time I ever heard about it was before I was even had interviewed people about deuterium. And it was interviewing the founders of Juve, like one of my first episodes way back in the day. And they mentioned that red light had an effect on deuterium. So that's a whole rabbit hole. That is super interesting. I'm going to have to dig into this and, and, and send some more notes. We'll have to have, a, have another Q&A on this. I'll actually put that out there if listeners would like to submit questions because, yeah, if you're open to it, I'd love to do a Q&A in the future. Oh, and then maybe it would be after the gut product has come out and we could talk more about that. That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. I, I'd, uh, I'd love to kind of go in and, and if they've got yeah, specific questions about the gut or the brain products that are in development or just kind of neuromuscular pain uh, inflammation with the, the Move Plus, we, we spend you know thousands of hours in this and I, I'd love to kind of you know, apply that wherever we can. Okay. So listeners, you can go to Kineon, K-I-N-E-O-N.io and you can use the coupon code Melanie Avalon for 10% off site-wide and free shipping. So definitely, definitely take advantage of that. One last question I have to ask. This will probably come in with Q&A. Do these devices emit significant EMF? The product line I'm actually developing is an EMF blocking product line. That's awesome. So no, not not significant. There is when they pair or when you signal them. So when you turn them on, they signal from one to the other. But it's a it's a really minimal level of EMF on those. And I can send you over the the testing is done with these, and some of the EMF testing kind of done with the with physiology in general. But yeah, very very minimal signaling EMF between them. And and when they're already paired and they're already on, they they no longer need to do that. Or if they're in their case, they no longer need to do that. So it's really just kind of like, you know, the when when they're out of the case and set there, they need to know if one of them is is waving to the other one and saying turn on. So there's there's again minimal signaling out of that, but that's 
Okay, so it's just during that brief magical moment where, they, where they're talking to each other for like a hot second. No pun intended. Okay, awesome. Well, this has been absolutely incredible. I think now listeners un- understand why I just had to have you on and just, you're just so knowledgeable. It just blows my mind. How can people best follow your work and get the latest updates and all the things? So if you come to our uh, kidion.io, uh, you can connect us in through whatever you like, Facebook, Instagram. We have a Facebook group where we spend a lot of time with our community answering questions and, and providing videos and different protocols and information on the studies that we're running and different things like this. That's probably one of the best places you can do it. But yeah, check us out at, at uh, kidion.io. And one other thing that I will say is that both my partner, Tom and I, it's our, our first direct-to-consumer business. And so we, we really just want to connect with our, our community and and we're, we've put our calendars out there so that really if anybody's having trouble or doesn't understand anything about the device or, or just wants to talk us through expectations, we're, we're available to connect with us directly as well because we're, you know, that's our, that's our mission is to help you move the, the, the needle on the quality of life. And if we're not doing that, raise a hand and, and we're happy to jump in with you. Awesome. Do you like the DTC world? I love it. I do. I do. I, I really just like com- connecting with people because I think most people want reasonable things and, and interact with a reasonable way around it. And occasionally you run into a bad apple, but it's it's you know it's not enough to spoil the bunch. It's more just kind of it, it more highlights how awesome people are in general versus kind of the pulls you down into the the guys who are approaching things with a less proactive or or optimistic outcome. Yeah. No, I love it so much. That's appropriate because actually the last question that I ask every single guest on this show and it relates to mindset and things we were just talking about. What is something that you're grateful for? Oh, where do I, where could I stop? I, <laughs> I might be on here for another couple hours. I'm grateful for our community who have been so amazing and to share their stories with how this has changed in their lives. Grateful to have a, a team that's been committed in with us from the start on making something amazing happen and grateful to be able to wake up every day, just excited to, to work on something that's going to do something so positive for the people around us. And I, I think that's, you know, that, that's about as short as I could keep it. But I, I yes, I, I, you know, really grateful for the time you spent with me today. And there's so much more to do in this space. And we're so excited about what's happening. I, hopefully, hopefully that comes through the, the kind of passion and, and optimism we have relative to what we can do with getting people away from the poor choices they have with pharmaceuticals and, and really give them something that they can move forward with their quality of life. No, I, I love that so much. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing. And now I totally forgot. I think we actually first, even before our last Lost episode, we had a phone call where we first connected about all this. And I could tell then I was like, oh, wow, A, he gets his stuff. B, he's passionate. C, like you're just really doing incredible things. And that was before I think I even had the device. And now I'm I'm just so inspired because like I said, I was primarily using it on my knee, but now I'm just going to use it all the places. Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> this is so great. So... So again, for listeners, kineon.io, coupon code Melanie, Melanie Avalon will get you 10% off as well as free shipping. Thank you so much, Forrest. This was so, so amazing. I hopefully can't wait to have you back in the future. And I, I look forward to everything that you're doing. Super excited about it. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What Win Wine. Lose weight and feel great with paleo-style meals, intermittent fasting, and wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got it.